This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, and this is... uh, Cats uh, at night, and it's 5 o'clock, the number one show at 5 o'clock to find out what the heck is going on in our city. And uh, in the studio with us is Judge Richard Weinberg and Lydia Serrani. And uh, the last two days, we've been doing stories on uh, about how uh, uh, the African-Americans are dealing with all the crime in the streets in New York. How are the Jewish Americans dealing with all the crimes in the streets in New York? Today, uh, we have the Latinos and Hispanics. And how are they dealing uh, with all the crime in the city of New York? And a lot of them, as as we play the clip sometimes, we're mad as hell and we can't take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell <laughs> and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> and so we're going to be talking to, to some famous uh, famous and uh, uh, involved uh, Hispanics uh, uh, and Latinos in uh, New York City and, and see how they feel. Uh, who's our first guest? Uh, well, we have a full show today. We're going to be speaking to Reverend Ruben Diaz Sr., a former Bronx Borough President, uh, Freddie Ferreira, Diane Reyna. She is running for Lieutenant Governor with Tom Swazi, Gail Smith, the CEO of Impacto Latino Newspaper. But first on the line for us is Joe Ithier. He was in charge of economic development for the Bronx under Freddie Ferreira. He's also a business and media consultant. Welcome to Cats at Night again, Joe Ithier. Hey, it's my pleasure to be with you, uh, Lydia, John, and my dear friend, the judge. How are you, Joe? Joe, there's so many, you know, me and you went through so many campaigns. I helped you with, uh, with uh, Freddie Farrar's campaign, and, uh, and we, we ran that. And, uh, and we've never been in such deep doo-doo, deep crap, or whatever we want to call it, as now— with the crime going on in the streets. It seems like we're going back to the days of uh, Dodge City and maybe the days in between uh, Ed Koch and uh, David Dinkins, and things are getting bad. Well, what say you? And give us the pulse of the Hispanic community. Well, John, as you know, uh, we uh, have been in touch, you and I, and uh, when I was on uh, your program uh, uh, recently, uh, our community is afraid. They're scared to go out. I speak to a lot of senior citizens uh, who live in the housing projects. Uh, and I'm talking about Latinos, African-Americans who uh, go shopping early in the morning to the supermarket to run back home. They're afraid. They used to sit now in the uh, nice weather at the benches in uh, NYCHA houses, they're not sitting there anymore. There's stray bullets going all over the place. People are afraid to walk the streets, uh, be around, and it's happening everywhere. So, you know, you and I have had conversation about the reform bills and and our dear friend uh, Carl Hasty and the assembly and stuff. And right now we're in the midst of uh, uh, elections as uh, you know, the uh, pre-elections to the primary. And do we do changes? I mean, from governor to uh, assemblies and stuff. The other thing is we've got a lot of young Latinas and Latinos who are running for office because they've had it. And, And that's great that we have. The issue is common sense uh, uh, folks who want to run for office who are going to be meaningful in making changes and working with the mayor and the police department. Now, we have the highest ranking, uh, second in command of the PD, uh, a, a friend of ours, John uh, Eddie Caban, who is the uh, deputy commissioner. And we're in touch. 
he and I often about all the issues that are affecting our communities. And it's not just the Latinos. You know, we're talking about across the board. Well, the the, the, the African-Americans, the black people are we had them on on Tuesday or was it Monday or Tuesday? Monday when it was uh, June, June, Juneteenth Day. And yes, I heard. they're as mad as hell, too. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and look, Carl Hasty, we both know him. When I talked to him, he was a very nice man and he's a very intelligent man. Is he that afraid of the woke culture? Well, you know, it depends on who you listen. But, hey, he represents a humongous portion of African-Americans in his district with Latinos. And, by the way, the Dominican community that's growing uh, all over but in the Bronx, they're moving up to his district also. So there's been a shift. This is a community that was uh, first Italians. And then it moved to uh, Puerto Ricans, and then it moved to Caribbean uh, families uh, from the islands and Jamaica and all that. And now you've got a new breed of uh, Latinos and Latinas from uh, the Dominican Republic that are moving into his district. And they've got to listen to the community in what's going on every day there's got to be a shooting or a stabbing this is unheard of and joe ithier i'm from the bronx i have to drive through the bronx on my way into work every day and seeing just all the garbage and all the graffiti it's like we've given up and and it and it's sad because the bronx it was a great place for me to grow up and it was safe and it was comfortable but like john said it's like it's going back to the battle days and if you don't take pride in your own neighborhood and you're not happy then you kind of act out and i feel like our democratic leaders have failed us and and, and lydia you you i'm glad you brought it up yeah i know you uh, uh or from uh the bronx and stuff we've had that conversation but hey we when i know you're gonna have freddie uh Ferrer on the show and, and when he took over the borough of the Bronx, it was about rebuilding, uh, building new housing, about cleaning up the graffiti, about cleaning out the streets, because pe- that's what people wanted. And it took, you know, a long time. Uh, Freddie was there for 14 years of, of, of rebuilding uh, in the Bronx. Do you need it to go back to the days way before the, uh, Freddie and and no one caring and the graffiti out there and uh, the crime thing because that's what's happening. I hate when I walk the streets here in the borough and I start seeing the the graffiti. I'm I'm afraid of seeing young people out there as a group with the hoodies and stuff because I don't know I don't know what they're up to. People. Uh, uh, the senior citizens are afraid of our young people. Are afraid of our uh, of our streets. Joe, it, it, it's it's horrible. The judge. Uh, I mean, you were a judge. Uh, you you ran city hall along with Peter Vallone for many years, and uh, and Joe is one of our and, close allies and friends. Yeah, always, always. Joe's always been there for. And, and we want to see New York back to what it used to be. We don't want to see a mess in our hands. Well. Joe, if you, if you remember, when we went back and we did the program, the Safe Streets, Safe City program, everybody That's said correct. the city couldn't be saved. But people like you and Freddie Ferrer and Peter Vallone, we, we understood what we had to do. We put the cops on the street. We got the social workers and the drug counselors. We did what we had to do, more police personnel, more court personnel, more DAs, more legal aid lawyers. We did what we had to do. We need to have the will to do it again. Because if you don't have a safe city and safe streets, you will lose it. The economy will crash. People well, are voting with their feet. Our obligation is to keep eight and a half million. I keep saying it every day so people understand it. Eight and a half million people safe versus the 3,000 perpetual violent criminals. The violent criminals. The police commissioner herself said to us, if we put away 3,000 violent criminals multi-criminals, uh, and put them away, then New York will be back just to being safe. Well, that's true. That's always so been true. What, what, what does the state assembly and what does the state senate say 
Why are they not supporting the eight and a half million uh, New Yorkers versus supporting the three thousand violent violent criminals? Okay. What's, I, I, I want Joe Anthea to answer it, and then I want you to answer it. Uh, and, and, and who are let go because, as I speak to all my friends at, in, in the uh, police department, and they say, Joe, we're out there. We're arresting all these precincts. And you know, John, that we helped uh, a couple of precincts here in the Bronx. We've uh, supported the 4-0, which is in the south, south Bronx, where they have the most housing projects. Uh and, and they're arresting uh, the folk, and then they let go. They let go, so they're back there. And how many times do you have to hear, oh, they've had 19 prior arrests, and, and then you, you, you arrest them, and they're back out there uh, committing. The other day here, we, we had the, uh, the uh, police officer who uh, the uh, ex-husband or boyfriend, whatever, I mean, come on. There's no respect between the uh, you know uh, relationships that that people have had ladies are afraid you know are we doing are we protecting our own that's issues that people out there are talking about and you get up every morning to find out how many shootings or stabbings occurred overnight at a train station or anywhere in the city of new york and, and Judge, uh, you were uh, you were in charge of city council. You were general counsel to uh, Peter Vallone. Peter Vallone, uh, the speaker then, and and then you were uh, justice supreme court, the criminal court. I mean, what do you say about this? Well, the first thing I, Joe alluded to it. You alluded to it. We've talked about it. You have to clean up that so-called bail reform law. You have to give the judges discretion to hold dangerous people in, to hold recidivists in. If you don't do that, you're lost. You have to restore full-blown stop, inquire, and frisk because that kept the guns off the street. You have to have the anti-crime patrols out there in civilian uniforms doing that job. You have to have two-person patrols on the subway stops, all the subway stops walking around. They have to be in Penn Station, Grand Central, Port Authority. But, Joe, I want to raise this issue with you, which is a matter of concern to me. The polls are very, very clear that – in the black community and the Latino community, the people want safety. They want law and order. But not here in New York. No, but, but, but yeah, yeah, even here too. But they're moving, they're moving towards the, the center and they're asking for that. But yet some of the, the new kids on the block, Joe, the new elected black and Latino elected officials are moving left. Why is that? Oh, that's the million-dollar question. The, the issue is that there's well, I do have an issue with a lot of the young electeds who are looking at uh, getting elected to just move on. Uh, when you have in a, a, a couple of uh, legislators uh, assembly who right away are looking to move out and and run to the state senate or Congress or something, and you haven't developed something, there's a missing link, and the missing link is history. Uh, common sense, knowledge of what happened in the past. All these uh, legislators remember back in the days when uh, Freddie Ferrer and others uh, opened up the doors to a lot of the Latino community with the help of everyone else. And you know that, Judge, because we all worked together uh, with Peter and at City Hall, opened up the doors, and then all of a sudden there's been a complete shift of the common sense issues and stuff. Now, let me, uh, one side note. I was, uh, uh, I worked for George Pataki. And out of George Pataki, the last campaign, we developed uh, a movement called Amigos de Pataki. And we went through all the streets. I mean, I'm talking about uh, the governor coming to Orchard Beach and, 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 and in the middle of the summer and talking to people and listening to their issues in Brooklyn, in Queens, everywhere. We traveled. We had a, a bus that we went everywhere. And we were listening. The governor was listening. He worked with the Democrats. He worked with the conservatives. He worked across the board to say, what do we do? And remember, this was also after 9-11 
where he became the great uncle trying to revive the city and work with all the communities. And Joe, we kept ha- hang on. The issues. on. On the other line, and stay on the phone, because we're all going to be on the phone together. We got uh, uh, former borough no president and former mayoral candidate, uh, Freddie Ferrer. Would you put him on? Freddie? I, th- I think I'm on, Richie. Is it Fernando or is it Freddie? <laughs> to my friends, it's Freddie. Okay. It's always been Freddie to me, Freddie. I, I know. You used to get mad at me when I called you Freddie, and you said, no, introduce me as Fernando. We went to the same high school. He went to Cardinal Spellman, like Justice Sotomayor. I went to Spellman as well, Mr. Ferreira. Well, I, I, I remember you telling me that, and obviously you turned out okay. Like we, you were like our, our hero, I remember, because I was in high school. I shouldn't say what years, and I remember being uh, you came to our school, and, and like uh, Joe Ithier was talking about, you helped transform the Bronx. I mean, and now it's like back, you see the graffiti. People are stealing the gold chains. They're stealing the purses. They're afraid to sit out on the front steps because a guy could come by in a scooter and do a shootout. And while, John, I know you're saying we got to prosecute the violent, violent criminals, I think we also need to prosecute the lower-level offenders as well. Let's take care of the 3,000 violent criminals that the commissioner has said to us. If you take the 3,000 violent criminals, that not the people stealing a loaf of bread, the violent criminals that have 10, 12, 14 violent offenses. Take them off the damn streets. And, and for whom do the bells toll? Eight and a half million New Yorkers that, that work hard and paid their taxes? Or these damn criminals? But I know people that live in the Bronx, and you got homeless people that are defecating in the lobby, and they're calling the police, and they're coming right back. I mean, let, people let, deserve to live in, in Freddie, a clean environment, Freddie too. Freddie and Joe, you both on the phone. You guys answer it. There has to be some accountability, um, and that's really the important term to, to deal with here. Um, you know, somebody commits a violation, a crime, a serious uh, crime, people have to be held accountable for it. I mean, that's when there's certainty of accountability, people have to think twice about what the consequences may be. When there's no certainty of accountability, well, there's uh, – my friend, uh, judge knows uh, that's a problem. Well, Freddie, you were there at City Hall when we did all the hard work to make sure the city was safe. It was the bad old days, and we conquered the problem of crime. We increased the quality of life. The broken windows theory was proven as a success, and then it was abandoned. But you, you guys keep using fancy words where the other people just use plain words that plain Americans, plain New Yorkers, plain people in, in the boroughs. They don't know what the word broken windows is. All right. Okay. All right? Please, the, call it crime. Call it, you know. If you go after – this is what we're talking about. When you go after the little stuff, you stop a climate of lawlessness. That's uh, what it's about. Let's take care of violent criminals first. Get them off the damn streets. Freddie, what do you say? There was a um, motto when uh, Joe and I were growing up. Uh, you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Well, there's no time. The, 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 the things have gotten so bad that the criminals from New Jersey are driving to New York, committing crim- crimes, and then going home at night. And if they get caught in New York, they still go home at night. And that's what Adams, Mayor Adams is talking about by accountability. Uh, you know, bail reform, uh, and we talked about this once before on your show. Um, you know, cash bail had its problems and they, that needed to be reformed. Yeah. But removing any kind of ability for judges to weigh in on the dangerousness of um, of uh, someone who's under arrest and who's on trial, that's a problem. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break right now. You, you, Both of you stay on. And I have our other friend, Ruben Diaz, is on the phone, too, and we're all going to be on right after the break. Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. We're back, and this is uh, John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night, uh, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg in the studio, along with Lydia Serrani. On our phones, we have former borough president uh, Fernando Ferrer, and uh, we have uh, uh, Joe Ithia. And if economic development uh, person in the in the Bronx, and now we also have 
Reverend uh, Ruben Diaz, a former councilman, uh, and uh, he's been in politics worrying about the people of New York for for a hundred years. Tell me, gentlemen, I'm going to let you answer this question too. We talked about crime. We talk about this and what's going on, and, and how is term limits when the, when the judge was in charge with Peter Malone? Is term limits a mistake? We end up getting rid of the people that are talented in our city, and we end up with a bunch of kids sometimes for city council people that don't know what the hell they're doing. Who goes first, Joe Ithia? No, I, I want I want the Reverend to to give okay. us his answer because he's Reverend. been around for a hundred years. <laughs> Reverend, you've been around for forever, and you've seen what's happened to the city council, the state assembly. Are we losing talented people because of term limits? Yes, yes, and and you know the old guard, those uh, elected officials uh, that we used to have. They're no longer there, and now the young guys—they have—they—they—they they, they don't even care about the community. They are too the, too much too much to the left. The socialists—they don't care about anything, and they don't—they don't even open their offices. So you know, it's, it's, it's a problem that we have, and they are wrong, especially in the Hispanic community. They are wrong based on I'm Hispanic, and I'm Democrat, and based on that. Everyone, that's what people are running. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Hispanic. And people in our community, they they are voting for them, and they are killing our community. They are socialists. They are leftists. They, I, we need conservative people. We need conservative electoral, like, 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 like before. Before we have those uh, great Hispanic leaders, Herman Badillo, Ramon Ezebeles, uh, we have uh, Fernando Ferrer, we have uh, all those uh, great leaders that we have that that they rebuilt the Bronx. When the Bronx burned out, they were there. Now, you, I, I, I can't even name one project that these young guys now they have brought to the Bronx or to the city. I don't even I, don't, I can't even bring, name one project that anyone had brought to the Bronx. Reverend Diaz Senior, this is Lydia Serrano. I, I I grew up in the Bronx and I can I know firsthand that the Latino community is pro family, pro safety, pro hard work, pro God. And if you look at these new and up and coming Latino candidates for office, they're they're the opposite of all of this. So why do they keep getting elected into office? How do we we're seeing all across the country that a lot of Hispanics are saying no to the Democratic Party? We saw what happened in Texas. Myra Flores, who turned that historic blue seat, it was 150 years blue. They turned it red. It's happening all over the country that people are saying, "Wait a second, the Democratic Party doesn't represent who I am." But how come right here in New York City, Hispanics still vote Democrat when the Democrats well, well, don't have their best interest at heart? Lydia, Lydia, in the last election, Hispanic voted 30% for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, the, the Democratic Party, has been able to paint Donald Trump and the Republican Party as the enemy. Yeah. For years and years, for years and years, the Democratic Party has painted the Republican as ugly as, as, as the enemies, and the Hispanic community are reluctant, but little by little, little by little, things are changing. Now they they are looking, they are seeing what's going on. And by the way, the whole city of New York and the whole state is controlled by Democrats. Yeah. If you see in the city of New York, we have five boroughs, five boroughs. Four of those boroughs are controlled by Democrats. Only one, Staten Island. Is mainly controlled by Republicans. And out of the five boroughs, the best borough, the cleanest one, the safest one, the one that has uh, the better uh, clean street and whatever, is the one controlled by Republicans. So if a Democrat elected official are so great and are so uh, wonderful, how come the areas 
the areas controlled by Democrats are the worst, not only in the city, but in the nation. In every place where Democrats are in control, there are crimes, there are uh, filthiness, there are uh, riots, there are killing uh, you, you name it. Now, if they be Democrat, yes, sir. I want, Freddie, I want to ask you this question. You and I are Democrats. We're lifelong Democrats. Reverend Diaz, as a state senator. I used Catholic, to be a Democrat, I, too. You, too, John. But this is I, what I want to. How many, you know, I was a Bill Clinton Democrat. I still love the guy. And I'm still friends with all my Democratic friends. But I want to, but I want to ask Freddie, because he's the, the only one in this, this group, other than Reverend Diaz, who's an elected official and a well-respected, like Reverend Diaz, elected official. Freddie, how do we get the Democratic Party back? The Democratic Party that you and I grew up in? and we're proud of and served and protected the people. How's that done, Freddie? Look, I think the Democrats uh, uh, never stopped being back, but they've got to talk about Democrats. have got to start talking about things that matter to people. Um, when you talk about jobs, when you talk about education, when you talk about good, decent housing, those are things that matter to people. Um, and that's when you begin to capture people's attention. Uh, you know, the, what Joe Biden calls the kitchen table issues are the issues that always mattered to me and helped me get elected by very large margins in the Bronx. And, and basically, by the way, all of us, all we're talking about uh, is keeping our citizens, keeping our friends, keeping our children safe. That's all we're talking about. I don't want to criticize anybody. I don't want to criticize Carl Hasty. I like the guy. But all we want to do is he, the, the, the common sense Democrats, and there's a lot of common sense Democrats. All of you guys are common sense Democrats. Judge Weinberg's a common sense Democrat. All the common sense Democrats have to have the courage to stand up and say enough is enough. Well, uh, let me interject a, a side issue. Uh, a lot of our young uh, electeds now and upcoming electeds, uh, again, I said, they don't have the history of how Freddie Ferrer, you know, opened up doors and, and, and others who were elected uh, back in, in the days, like uh, the reverend said. But a lot of our young folks out there are living on social media. And they show up at events to take the picture, to put in their newsletter on their social media, but they don't walk around and talk to the people. Freddie and, and the Reverend, they know they work the streets. They went to the meetings and talked with people and heard them. And, and Freddie always, I mean, from day one, had a couple of folks with him to take notes and follow up. This person would walk up and say, Mr. Borough President, I have an issue. He would say, give all the information and we're going to follow up. These younger folks, they don't do that. They take the picture and run to the next event because they need to put it on their social media. They need to listen to their people, spend a little more time at the various events, not just take a picture. He's 100 percent right. You know, you know, you know those, those elected officials before, they used to hire people that care about cares about the community. For example, Freddie Ferrer, one of the best things that Freddie Ferrer used to have was uh, Joey Fier. I mean, they those, I, was gonna, team, I was just going to interrupt you and say that myself. <laughs> yeah, one of the first, the best thing that Freddie Ferrer used was Joey Fier. Freddie Ferrer was a borough president, but Joey Tien was a guy in the street, everywhere, in every meeting, he was here, and, 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 and making it possible and responding to the community for the betterment of the community and making the borough president look good. And that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen now. That doesn't happen now. Now everybody's in the, in, in the media, in the, in the Internet, no community relation, no meetings. Forget about it. It's, it's a mess. Mayor Eric Adams, I, I believe, is sincere that he wants to keep New Yorkers safe. And, and what's stopping him is 
what's stopping him is the state assembly and the state uh, senate. And the DAs. Uh, and the DAs letting people out. Yep. Well, Mayor Ada went to Albany thinking that because the the, 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 the assembly is controlled by Democrats and by a black guy uh, as a president, and because the Senate is controlled by uh, by Democrats and, and a black lady as 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 the lady as the, as the, as the president, so Mayor Mayor Adam went there with a plan to anti anti crime plan, and you you know what happened? They well, both they yeah, both yeah, can we tell? Can we tell these people, these state assembly people, and the state senate people? Enough is enough. You either get our streets safe, or else we're going to vote you out in November. Can we say that to them? Will they believe us when we tell them? That's what's going to happen in November. I'm afraid that's what's going to happen in November. Because as I said before, in the last election, Donald Trump got 30% of the Hispanic vote. And believe me, believe me, I believe that he's going to make now 40 or 45%. Do we get do we have them vote Republican, even though they don't want to, just to get the city safe? But you have to but the problem also, John and and, and Reverend and, and Freddie and Joe, the problem is the Democratic primaries. You gotta stop the Democratic Socialists, the far left candidates from winning the Democratic nominations. That's what has to stop. You have to have moderate Democrats winning those Democratic nominations. But like Joe Ithier said, he brought it up an excellent point. People are just voting. Oh, this person's Hispanic. This person's cute. I see their social media. I'm going to vote for them. And they have no idea who this person is, what they stand for. So that's also the problem. That's how AOC got elected. Nobody dreamed that she was like a, this communist, basically. Yeah. yeah. We need to educate the electorate, too, and give them the background and, and, and the history uh, uh, folks, again, we're missing out on what we had in the past, and that was history, education, talking to the people. I mean, I, you know, when Freddie uh, uh, was first appointed, but then elected, he went everywhere. He met with everyone, and it got to the point that he was being invited not only in the borough of the Bronx, but throughout the state and became the big, uh, the uh, largest electorate uh, person of Latino uh, and the Latino community, Hispanic community. And Freddie would get invited everywhere as, as well as being a part. And people forget that, that he was a part of the uh Demo- the uh, uh, National Democratic uh, Party became chairman of the Hispanic uh, Committee of that and was traveling all over the United States to pounder away how you work in rebuilding a borough that was known as the borough of fires and, and you know, the abuse that went on in the Bronx. It was not easy. And Freddie was there talking to people about this is our plan. Freddie walked in there with a housing plan, a meeting with the mayors. And all, all I know is when you, when Freddie was in charge, we have abandoned the housing uh, uh, where people were traveling through the Bronx and seeing empty apartments. Joe, all I knew is when Freddie was in charge and you were up there too, and Ruben Diaz was there. I could walk around the Bronx and didn't have to carry my gun. We're going to take, we're going to take, we're going to take a break. And I welcome all of you guys to stand, stay on if you'd like. And Joe, I'd love for you to have to stay on and Ruben too and, and Freddie. And when we come back, we're also going to have an addition. Who do we have? Mike Gonzalez. He's a former speechwriter for the, for President Bush. And he, we, we, he's a Hispanic and wants to put in his two cents on how he feels uh, about what's going on. Let's take that break. Hey, did you know that people listen to people that listen to us? This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. John Katsimatidis 77 WABC 
Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show. We got a full studio in house and on the line. We still have with us Reverend Ruben Diaz Sr. as well as Joe Ithier. And now we have on the line with us, we have Mike Gonzalez. He's a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He also wrote a fantastic book. You can get it wherever books are sold. It's called BLM The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. Mike Gonzalez, it seems like the Hispanic community is going more and more towards the Republican side. Can you explain to us what are some of the reasons why this is happening? Hey, Lydia. Hey, John. Uh, thanks for having me on. Look, I got to be honest. It's not because of anything that conservatives have done. It's that the the, the, the progressive uh, side of the Democratic Party has gone so nuts uh, with race and with sex uh, that uh, that it really alienated uh the, the, the various voters known as Hispanics, first you have this thing of calling them Latinx, which really offends a lot of people. It offends, according to polls, about 40 percent of that electorate, and it's only used by 2 percent of the electorate. And then you have all these things about calling a boy a girl and a girl a boy, and that really – it just doesn't uh, – it, it shocks the system. Uh, that adds on to all the failures of the Biden administration. I mean Biden is just damaged goods. At this point, nobody can stay on the side of them. So I think that, that, you know, all of the problems that we're having, the country's a disaster under him. So I think what you're having is a lot of this is where you had uh, 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 Jesse uh, uh, Vega last night in Virginia's number uh, in Virginia seven. You had Myra Flores in Texas, 34. You have Cassie Garcia in Texas, 28. These are all women who are either Mexican-American or Salvadoran-American, who are really winning nominations. And we're going to see what happens in November. Now, Mr. Gonzalez, you said, I mean, the Hispanic people, Latino people, are very religious people. This Democratic Party, the way it is right now, is they hate religion. And, 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 and uh, uh, Reverend C., uh, uh, Ruben Diaz, how do you feel about that? Why do they hate religion? Well, every, they don't allow us to speak. They don't want to know our position. They, I mean, I am the president of the New York Hispanic Clergy Organization, an organization of 150 Hispanic ministers here in the city. We meet every Thursday morning, and leader by leader, churches, ministers around the, around the city, around the state, we are all getting together. We are talking about it. And 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 seeing seeing the abuse, the discrimination, the the, the way in which they are treating the, the the fake people. For example, let me give you an example. I mean, they, now they are they are introducing uh, a Trump best to teach children, and that's okay. And that's horrible. According to them, according to them, who approved that? The, 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 the chancellor approved it. Who approved the, that? The Democratic Party and the and the leftists and the liberals. According to them, it's okay that they could introduce a Trumpisty uh, person to teach our children. Now, if one if one teacher, if a teacher, happened to have a Bible in top of the of, of his or her desk. That teacher could be expelled because because she only has a Bible. She don't have. She doesn't have. He or she doesn't have to read the Bible just to have it in the desk, and they will punish that teacher because according to them, the, that person is uh, promoting religion. But we have to take. We have to swallow. We have to uh, allow them to get travesty. Trump is trying to teach our children, and that's what's making us angry, and that's what churches are coming around, and that's what's going to happen in November. They go, I'm telling you, it is not like before. They don't want listen to they don't want to listen to us Christian. They don't like they don't want to listen to us uh, minister. They're going to see what's coming, because in November, churches are getting together. Ministers are getting together, and we are starting to And talk. you have we to vote. You've got to tell your parishioners they got to vote for whoever for law and orders. He, he, that's, he, what we, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And me, I'm a conservative Democrat. 
Yes. I am a conservative Democrat. There's a lot of, uh, Reverend, Reverend Diaz Sr., there are a lot of uh, common sense Democrats. We have one on the line with us right now, Diana Reyna. She is a government, she's running as candidate for lieutenant governor with Tom Swazi, a Democrat here in, in New York State. And Diana Reyna, I, we're talking about bringing New York back, law and order, getting costs down. I mean, because people are, are voting with their feet. They're just moving out of here. That's exactly right. How do you feel about law and order? I'm married to a cop. He's a (laughs) lieutenant with the New York City Police Department, a proud wife. He's been a veteran for 25 years. And I cannot tell you uh, the what he's what he has seen out in the streets these last 25 years, um, combating crime, uh, seeing the morale of the department go down. Uh, This is not a time for society to think that things are going to get better without their engagement. We have to restore trust with community and law enforcement. We have to make sure that we have a fair judicial system and criminal justice system. And that's not about defunding the police. Uh, Defunding the police is is a distraction for what needs to happen. Mike Gonzalez. Diana, this is is Joe with you. you, You're you're on the campaign trip. Uh, You're uh, talking to people all over. What are you hearing? Public safety is the number one issue that matters most to every New Yorker, and especially in black and brown communities, because they're suffering the highest crime rates ever. Uh, I'm seeing things that numbers that have skyrocketed uh, from this that we haven't seen since the 80s. Um, Communities like Newburgh, New York, have never seen double digit uh, crime rates, uh, you know, in Buffalo, we saw what happened with that one uh, particular uh, supremacist, white supremacist targeting a historically black community. Uh, but the issues of crime were already there and not were not being addressed, right? And so uh, there's an underlying issue here. Uh, and Freddie, who's our campaign chairman, you know, adore and love and respect Freddie's work, um, his <clears throat> history. Always mention last names. There's 38,000 Freddies out there. Oh, that's <laughs> Freddie Ferrer. There's only one Freddie, right? Yes. <laughs> From the Bronx. Freddie Ferrer, um, our beloved former borough president. I used uh, to call him Fernando. Mayor. This is an opportunity for us to be able to uh, get the message across. Our party has abandoned Latinos. Well, you, you sound pretty good. You sound pretty good. Tell us your name again and tell us you're running for lieutenant governor and people could vote for you in the primary in on Tuesday. Tell us that. That is exactly right, John. And so the Democratic Party is in the midst of early voting. Uh, the opportunities to be able to go out and vote today, tomorrow, up until the 26th for early voting. Diana Reyna. R-E-Y-N-A. And you I am want, running for lieutenant governor. And you want law and order. And I want law and order. I want respect between community and law enforcement. I want to see community planning, uh, which is what Freddie had been uh, working on for the Bronx. I saw the same days that the Bronx did in Brooklyn. Reverend, so should I vote for Re- abandonment? Uh, Reverend, should I vote for Diana? Diana is my friend. She 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 served with me in the city council, and she's what she says what she is. She's a very moderate person. She's a, a Democrat, and she's a Dominican. She's Hispanic, not like the not not like the actual uh, uh, deputy governor that has a, a Hispanic name, but it's not it's not Hispanic. Diana is a Hispanic uh, with. Hispanic name and speaks Spanish and is a pro law and order. Is is uh, a common sense Democrat. I mean, what else can we ask? Is a woman. Is everything that we right need right now in the state of New York. And Diana Mike, Reyna. Mike Gonzalez, you're in Washington. What's the pulse there like for the Hispanic community? Look, I, I'm very happy that your previous uh, the, uh, Mrs. Reyna and the Reverend have talked about criminality because crime and inflation, 
inflation is a tax, and it, 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 it really takes its, its heaviest uh, toll on the poor. And many people who come from Latin America are still first-generation immigrants or their children, second-generation. And, and, and inflation is really biting into their budgets. Uh, and inflation was caused by Biden. People know this. His, his, his spending programs is what has led to the inflation that we have today. And the crime issue is just huge. So I think that is a, a lot of Washington is concentrating on this. I think a lot of Washington, the, the Democratic Party, is looking at what is going to come in November. And obviously, nobody can forecast, right? I'm, I'm not a betting man. But everything seems to point to a huge wave for Republicans. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the, the, you know, the, the, the party is led by Joe Biden, who's sitting at 39 percent. He's at historic lows because everything has gone to, you know, where in a handbasket in the last two years. It's been awful. He's inflicted a lot of pain. So I think that the party is feeling this way now uh, because of what, what, what is happening on the ground. Well, will everybody stay on? And we have another break to come. And we have one last guest to come on. And you're all invited to stay on. And, and it's Gail Smith. And her dad founded uh, the uh, Spanish magazine, the Latino magazine, Impacto. And uh, I think I like she's. That accent, and, and she feels mad as hell, too. I shouldn't say hell before in front of the reverend, but (laughs) let's take that break and we'll be back in two minutes. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. We got a lot of people still on the line. We have Joe Ithier. We have Reverend Ruben Diaz Sr. We also have on the line still Mike Gonzalez. And again, his book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And now on the line we have with us, Gail Smith. She is a CEO of Impacto Latino Newspaper. Hi, Gail. How are you? And you are another strong Latina who is sick and tired of what's going on in this country and in our city. And And, uh, welcome to Cats at Night. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure always to be here with you both. Uh, Tell us about Impacto. That's a, a national Latin paper. Uh, so Impacto has uh, a newspaper uh, that uh, publishes in New York City. So we're the oldest and largest Spanish language newspaper. We also have a digital platform that, of course, has a national uh, readership. And uh, we've been publishing uh, since 1967. And, and by the way, I used to write for Impacto. When your father was there, Gail, this is Reverend is, Diaz. Oh, Mr. Reverend Diaz, how are you? It's so good. <laughs> yes. How are you, Gail? Yes, I used to write a column for Impacto yes. many years ago yes. when, you, when your father was there. Um, I, he was a good guy. He was my friend. And, oh, and, and Impacto is, uh, Impacto is, a, yes. is one of the Hispanic papers that really uh, teach our community. So can we get the message out? That we got to keep our city safe. We got to keep eight and a half million people happy, and the three thousand violent criminals, put them the heck away, and not to forget to vote. And, and can we get that message out between every, all, all our Latino friends on the phone? But here's the problem, John. Up in Albany, they say the the bail reform is working; that it has nothing to do with the crime. Where, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? They're, they're, full full of, of, they're full of crap. Because they're how did they do it, Judge? Or how did they they they, they mess up? They mess with the statistics or something? It's just they ridiculous. Kept, they kept saying, "Show us the data. Show us the data." We're looking at the data. Meanwhile, the data is out there. Every day, there's stabbings, there's shootings, there's innocent people being being killed. The crime, high crime is up. More grand larcenies, more petty larcenies, more robberies. It's up, it's up, it's up. You can't They still go haven't this. arrested the guy that shot the baby in the face, That's the right. 11-month-old. I mean, people, my God, people in People are afraid to be on the subways. What more data do these folks in Washington and in Albany need? All right, we only have three minutes left, and I want to hear a, uh, a statement from... Uh, from um, uh, Gail well, Smith, because you haven't s- said much yet, and then go through all our guests and give a closing statement. Go ahead, a minute each. What do you want to say to Americans and New Yorkers? So I, I want to take a different perspective here. I think part of the problems that we have, not only as a city and as a nation, 
is uh, that ideologies have drifted so far apart that today there is little middle ground. The discourse in Congress around core issues remains separate and hostile. You know, having said this, the importance of moderate positions are critical in reaching uh, a mutual understanding. We don't have any of that today. It's vital that we take all points of view to approach a better understanding of a larger picture. Nothing gets done because we're so polarized. You know, this Republican Democrat. We're down to less than two minutes. I get it. Joe, with your closing statement. Well, we the great thing of everyone, uh, the guests uh, on your show today is they all have a platform out there. The Reverend has a great newsletter uh, that he puts out that's real. That's common sense. Freddie meets with so many people. It's out there. He's experienced. Uh, Diana is on the campaign trail. She's hearing people and talking about the issues. And Gail has a newspaper that she could tell the people and educate And, the and then we have Reverend. The we have Reverend uh, Diaz. And Reverend Diaz has 150 churches that he talk, talks to. Yes, and I, my message is that to all Hispanics that are listening, we, we, we are, we're supposed to come out and vote. And to the Republican leaders. It's about time that you start paying attention to our community. Come to the Bronx. Meet with all the Hispanic ministers. We're almost out of time. Uh, Reina, last thing. uh, Tell people to vote for you for law and order. Vote for Diana Reina and Tom Swazi if you believe in law and order. We're your candidates ready on day one. And Mike Gonzalez, your book. Uh, BLM, the making of a new Murphy's revolution. A lot of this is tied with BLM. 2020 and the riots, we have led very bad lives. I think uh, I'm going to call through for a congressional investigation into the riots. Thank you. Thank, thank Sorry, you. Mike. We'll get you back thank on again. Thank you all. And I'm going to tell you what the 5 o'clock uh, Cats at Night show stands for. You know what it stands for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and, and the, the American, American way. way. God bless you all. Thank you all for participating. God bless America. And we need God's blessing. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.